afternoon, America. How is everybody doing today? I hope everyone is having a great Thursday afternoon and daytime and evening, and I just hope everyone's feeling uplifted today. I know I am. Had a great morning, slept in, you know, caught some of, uh, caught some of the airways over there in the uh, Foxhole Fam I needed to to get my day underway, and uh, we're good. So uh, let's go ahead and get this show on the road, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first of all, I wanted to give a shout out to Monkey Toe 71, Cloud Watcher, Sergeant Sparky, Scorpo Brat 05, Stax Double X, Curious Cat, Liz Garcia from Far Away, Henry 4570, Shepherding Shepherd, Local Is, Popcorn 17, DPS Tam Growl, Aurelius Locke, Grateful One, and Tombstone for hanging out and chat yesterday. Let me tell you what, you guys were amazing tearing it up in there, and of course, uh, Local Is and Liz Garcia were just making me laugh so much i could not like i almost wanted to laugh on air during all of the videos and everything that they were doing we were making fun of kamala um <laughs> Um, local is close it up with chinga kamala kagala which is a lot to say and we can say that here not worried about being censored because i don't think that the uh the spanish uh, bots can pick that one up um and then it reminded me of another one that i would say was kamala kamala <laughs> so let's throw that one into the mix too for all of our foxhole fam who are learning uh, spanish out there i'm still learning it too i'm not fluent but chinga kamala kagala <laughs> That is a mouthful. That is quite a mouthful. We won't tell you what that means, but uh, I'm sure it won't hurt to say it. Anyways, okay, guys. So we had... Oh, what do I got on the screen here? See, look at that. I'm still a little disheveled. No, just kidding. All right, that's something that's coming up a little bit later in the program. Um, but of course, Trump leads here at the Sea Report. So let's go ahead and get the man on the screen. All right, so uh, there, there's there's from the desk of Donald Trump. And I tell you what, um, I just, I love that now they have his website updated because I was going everywhere. And, you know, I don't have social account. Like, you know, the Mr. C Twitter is still there. I don't use it anymore. I don't find a reason to use it. Um, I, I mean, you know, I just, just, eh. you know, like I still have an Instagram account, but that one is like, that one's more for other things I do in my life. I, I have a Snapchat and that one is relegated just for the people I actually know. <laughs> like I've met, you know, like face to face or, or somehow. So I don't use that one. And then you know, the funny thing is on that one, when I started posting all my political stuff, Ooh boy, some of my friends were like, hey, <laughs> and some of them were like, just stop it. You know, like they don't want to stop being my friend, but they don't want to hear either. I'm like, well, I mean, we're at that point to where um, even in because like I, I've said before, when it comes to my um, person, like my uh, social medias, like I, I I compartmentalize all my stuff. So like Instagram would be for like, you know, photography and writing and art and crap like that. Um, Twitter uh, was specifically for the politics and to harass celebrities. Um, Snapchat was for family, uh, even though most of them don't have Snapchat. Like that's where you see Mr. C cooking in the kitchen or you see Mr. C planting a garden or some crap like that, you know. Um, but like uh, Twitter, Facebook, I mean, Facebook, I don't, I don't even have any more, like, they got rid of it for me, so I'm just letting it stay off, and, you know, like, you know, Trump was making fun of, uh, or poking fun at them for, like, losing, uh, you know, stock shares and stuff like that, well, I mean, that's what's gonna happen, you know, but for now, I think, I think, uh, even though, like, people like us who have our own, uh, uh, place that we can go nowadays, uh, like the Foxhole app, for example, um, you know, uh, we don't have to worry about using big social media like that anymore. Whereas people like Trump, you know, I would imagine just, you know, still two thirds of the country are asleep or starting to wake up. Um, and I think perhaps maybe that's the reason why you might still find him, uh, poking fun and utilizing such things as Twitter and Facebook to get the message out because ultimately uh, they, he's been censored on there and um, he has to find a way because uh, not everyone's going to read his statements. Not everyone's going to go to DonaldJTrump.com. Um, but, but still, there's a way for those who are initiated and those who are awake on those platforms to get that message out there and say, hey, look, 
Donald Trump is still around and he's still giving problems to everyone um, that just don't want him to be around anymore. And I'm sorry, I feel like, uh, actually, yeah, if I'm like <gasps> struggling for breath, it's because this shirt's a little tight around the neck. I think my neck's getting fat again. But anyways, okay, that's besides the point. Okay, let's look at uh, one of the statements that he had up for us today. Um, this is uh, fresh off the press. Congratulations to the great patriots of Wyndham, New Hampshire, for their incredible fight to seek out the truth on the massive election fraud which took place in New Hampshire and the 2020 presidential election. Don't you guys think that's so cool? Like, this news is breaking as of this week, and he's already tuned into it and responding um, because again uh, like we saw in that video and if you were on the podcast you may not have heard hey India La Chingola how y'all doing <laughs> anyways like you might have heard on um, the podcast uh, oh you would not have heard on the podcast because the audio was so bad again I apologize to our podcast listeners but um, um, the the uh, the TV the, the network stopped in New Hampshire stopped airing that city council event like they didn't want anyone to see the massive support that was going behind overthrowing uh, verified voting and the selectmen who'd chosen these basically biased and corrupt individuals. You know what I mean? Like, it was, they're done. Like, they are done. Anyways, okay, so back to the statement from uh, President Trump. The spirit for transparency and justice is being displayed all over the country by media outlets which do not respect fake news. People are watching in droves as these patriots work tirelessly to reveal the real facts of the most tainted and corrupt election in American history. Congratulations, Wyndham. Look forward to seeing the results. Now, how encouraging is that? Uh, Can you imagine how the patriots, the good-hearted people of Wyndham, New Hampshire, must feel knowing that they have the backing, the blessing, the support, and the endorsement of this man? I mean, it just goes to show regardless what platform he's on, he's going to be supporting those who need it. And um, I think that is very, very plausible. All right, so let's go into the second statement from President Trump. Um, and it's actually one that is quite relevant to today's report. Uh, so let's go ahead and check out what he had to say. He says, The fake news media working in close conjunction with big tech and the radical left Democrats is doing everything they can to perpetuate the term the big lie when speaking of 2020 presidential election fraud. They are right in that the 2020 presidential election was a big lie, but not in the way they mean. The 2020 election, which didn't even have legislative approvals from many states, which is required under the United States Constitution and was also otherwise corrupt, was indeed the big lie. So when they try to sell the American people the term the big lie, which they do in unison and coordination, think of it instead as the greatest fraud in history of our country, even an even greater hoax than Russia, 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 Mueller, 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 impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, or any of the other many scams the Democrats pulled. Oh, yes. So saith President Trump, President 45, straight from his desk. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that just um, we know it was a hoax. Mueller, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. That's a mouthful already. Right. And man, you know, this guy's very forgiving because I'm usually out on the third strike. Like, I'm like, see ya. I don't want to be ya because, you know, that's just it's just it gets to a point, you know, guys. And, and you guys, I know you understand. We lived it. We understand it. Um, But yeah, so uh, getting into this whole thing, uh, we'll be looking at uh, some big tech stories involving media election fraud. Uh, uh, Yeah, media election fraud, because that's exactly what it is. But before we get there, we're going to jump, because it's part of it. We're going to go straight into Arizona. Okay, because now we reported, uh, we had reported, I think, in yesterday's, and then, of course, it, I mean, it was a report that was already a couple of days old. Uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, with Joe, one of two, etc., like that, um, that CNN was actually uh, there and other uh, left-wing journals or whatever they want to call themselves nowadays were on the ground in Maricopa County, 
and they were taking pictures of license plates and of the, the people, the auditors who volunteered to go in and do that um, in, in an attempt to dox. Uh, Ken Bennett, the audit director, of course, the former Secretary of State, we've seen him a few times on the show already. We're getting to know and love him. Um, he had made a statement in regards to the doxing. He said, unfortunately, we've had the press and the media taking pictures of people's license plates and trying to get close-ups on their name badges and faces, of course. So it makes the workers and observers a little bit nervous when the press is going to that length to try to identify somebody. They're afraid they're going to be doxxed or something like that. So we hope that doesn't happen. So anyways, we went ahead and pulled up some video of CNN on the ground. So guys, disclaimer, you're going to see a very ugly face on this camera. I hope I didn't just trigger the, uh, the uh, um, advertisement. Uh, and you're going to see you're going to see the enemy reporters. You're going to see the you're going to see the enemies, uh, a quick report of what they did. So you can see what they're saying. Of course, we were reported how the Austin American statesman is saying the the ballots uh, with the UV lights. You know, that's nothing. Uh, we already have media matters attacking OANN um, in regards to being um, uh, being this uh, uh, left, uh, this right-wing media that is just uh, uh, using everything it can to do it. Now, uh, wonder where, wonder where either Media Matters or CNN got their talking points. Because in this report by the treasonous enemy that has infiltrated our media and has lied to the American public since its inception, they're saying the same thing. So let's give a listen to uh, Fat Anderson Cooper, the freak, and uh, some other people just, uh, you know, shooting their mouths off and speaking out of their arses. Tonight, the Washington Post is reporting hey. that unnamed advisors and former president say he's fixated on a Republican-led uh. audit of the 2020 vote currently underway in Arizona's largest county. One source says, quote, he talks about it constantly. Kim Lai joins us now with the latest on this controversial recount. So what's the latest? Uh, well, I want to start, Anderson, by saying what we're learning here about what's happening in Maricopa County. First of all, irony is not dead. And the reason why I'm starting there is because what you're seeing behind me is a carnival. This is called the Crazy Times Carnival at the Arizona State Fairgrounds. It just kicked off about 30 minutes ago. And then over here, I can throw a rock and hit it, is where this review of the 2020 ballots is taking place. But this is unlike any tally you have ever seen before. This is yet another tally of the nearly 2.1 million ballots in Maricopa County. But this so-called audit is unlike any other. These are ballot counters heading into a shift. Have you ever done election counting before? No, but it's, there's nothing to it. It's, it, 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 it's pretty obvious. I uh, know, thanks. Most don't want to talk. Others? We're just trying to do a story about the town. Openly partisan, <laughs> as you see displayed on some cars and in what they say. I'm sorry, what? What news group are you from? I'm from CNN. Oh, okay. No, thank you. People are wondering what to look out for in that audit. OAN, or One American News Network, is the small, far-right-wing outlet that has promoted false claims that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. OAN is also live-streaming the event and its hosts had helped raise funds for this exercise. We were initially told we could not enter the publicly owned Arizona State Fairgrounds, but when we tried again another time... Hey, I'm Keon Law with CNN. CNN, okay. You guys will be on the second level. So yeah. we can get in? Yeah. We follow that officer's instructions. There is media parking. Break any language barrier with this revolutionary translator. Ugh! Okay, commercials, commercials. You know, the funny thing about it is, I think that translator thing was cool. I, I had an idea for that. Anyways, okay, enough about that. All right, let's get back to this report. It showed up. I'm not authorized to speak to the press or the media. Even though these uniformed men look like police, they're not. They're a volunteer group called the Arizona Rangers. So you're trespassing. This man talking to me is wearing a badge from Cyber Ninjas. That's the Florida-based company being paid $150,000 by the GOP-controlled state Senate to conduct this election review. But here's what Republican Jack Sellers, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors chairman, thinks about... Jack Sellout! Everything they're doing is just so unprofessional that it's, it's really bothersome. I don't really feel that it benefits me any to get into the weeds too far 
on all the craziness that I see um, going on. Sellers knows the difference. He leads a Republican majority board of supervisors. They already conducted two audits with bipartisan observers in public view that found no evidence of widespread election fraud. The board of supervisors fought the state Senate in court to keep the ballots, but lost and turned over the ballots. When you accept responsibility for an election, it can't be about a party, it can't be about a person, it has to be about representing all the voters. Arizona news agencies and their lawyer fought to get a reporter into the site where the count is happening and days into the audit got in. A news camera then caught the unusual process of ballots being scanned with UV lights. In a news conference, the hired representative for the Arizona State Senate struggled to explain why. What are the UV lights for? UV lights are looking uh, at the paper and it's part of uh, several teams that are involved in the paper evaluation. For what? What purpose? I, I, per I personally don't know. It's really, it's an efficient expedition for stuff that we know doesn't exist. Arizona's Secretary of State warns what's happening in Arizona may just be the next page in the playbook of the big lie. They cried and cried for an an audit um, for months and they finally gotten it and they're going to try to use this and get it other places too. So you think that what happens here will impact other places? Oh absolutely, absolutely. It's really stunning. Stunning. I, I mean it's crazy times as you, the name of the carnival you're standing in front of. Are, are there any uh, legal battles here? What oh, is absolutely. wrong with his lips? A number of people trying to stop this process. The Arizona Secretary of State, public interest groups, a member of the Board of Supervisors. Um, it, it's a lot of people trying. But so far, the judge has allowed this audit to continue, saying that he wasn't completely convinced that there was significant damage being held uh, to those ballots. But uh, on those, we are learning a little bit more about process because the judge said you gotta tell us something um cyber ninjas gave us a somewhat woefully inadequate explanation so we still don't know exactly what those uv lights are looking for but they were used anderson and you know expect more legal day by day anderson all right Kyung -Lan, i appreciate it thanks very much uh, i'm joined now by cindy mccain who along with two others was censured by the arizona republican party in january for refusing to support overturning biden's win there okay we don't need to hear from cindy mccain we don't need to hear from cindy mccain her treasonous husband is dead uh you know oh and then like what was you know i was like i was actually impressed when cindy mccain actually talked about the human and child trafficking that's going on in the government. Uh, she, she, I don't know if she spilled the beans or if she didn't realize she was being recorded or what. But I was like, wow. Or maybe she was just uh, still sitting in the afterglow of the execution of her former husband. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, all speculation until we find out later. Now, the, I thought it was real interesting. So, I mean, they leak the, um, they leak the uh, plan from Cyber Ninjas. And don't forget, guys, Cyber Ninjas is in Antrim County also so they're after cyber ninjas for a very specific reason i am i think it has to do with these uv lights maybe i'm not 100 percent sure uh, or maybe it has to do with uh the work that we saw um that one uh that one um uh, computer analyst uh show us yes on yesterday's report about how the dominion machines can actually be hacked and you can control the vote based on the software they have in the computer system it's got to be one of those two things i would assess but again you know my assessments aren't always spot on, but, um, so they're after cyber ninjas, I think, because of the work that they did in Antrim County also. That's what I would deduce, like, because of all of the firms, it can't be just because the guy who's in charge of it was a, uh, you know, a pro-Trump, a Trump supporter. It, there's got to be something more to it. But when that one reporter was like, they have the UV lights, Anderson, they're using them. And, and, and you know, I just, it looks like they know what's up, you know, and um, I mean... I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Like, we'll find out exactly. Is knowing what those UV lights are used for, is that what is, you know, uh, uh, paramount uh, to uh, figuring out uh, how they're going to um, spin that story? 
I couldn't tell you, but they seem very worried and hung up on that. Uh, could could the UV lights, in fact, be something to throw off uh, the left media and everyone um, from what's going on? Or what is really going on? We'll have to wait and see until this audit is complete right now. It looks like it could be, you know, really something that uh, could get done. You know, a lot of us are waiting to see if there's going to be some kind of upset uh, uh, by Antifa or BLM, or if indeed, oh, looky here, Biden's uh, Department of Justice or Injustice or Just Us may step into the Arizona audit. So that is also coming out now. Um, the DOJ actually sent a letter. We'll take a look at it here. Uh, um, basically, um, stating their intentions to get involved. So let's take a look real quick at what was sent to uh, Karen Fan, president of the Arizona State Senate over there at Maricopa County. Let's see what they had to say. It says, Dear Senator Fan, I write regarding issues arising under federal statutes enforced by the United States Department of Justice that are related to the audit required by the Arizona State uh, Senate for the November 2020 federal general election in Maricopa County. News reports indicate that the Senate subpoenaed ballots, election systems, and election materials from Maricopa County and required that they be turned over to private contractors led by a firm known as Cyber Ninjas. Maybe they just don't take a firm with a name like that serious. I don't know. I'm just speculating again. The department has reviewed available information, including news reports, and complaints regarding the procedures being used for this audit. The information of which we are aware raises concerns regarding at least two issues of potential non-compliance with federal laws enforced by the department. Now again, uh, this letter comes out when? It comes out uh, yesterday, right? We had the CNN report. We've had all, it seems like all of the media on the ground in Arizona, like they also um, have been reporting about it being fraudulent. You have this, this Sellers guy, um, a Republican head chairperson, uh, uh, basically uh, talking down on it. I think he got on the adrenochrome boat a little bit too late in his life, perhaps. But, um, you know, this is the thing, though, is that this is why we had all the leaks during the impeachment era. Uh, this is why we have the wrap-up smear campaigns that the media does. And even though later on they retract it or they change their story so they don't get featured on Retracto, uh, the uh, retracting llama. I'm pretty sure I messed that up. Anyway, sorry, O'Keefe. Okay, but like um, they, they throw all these, they, they leak the information, get it in the media. So then this way they can, you know, go back like a dog to its vomit, eat it up and be like, oh, well, you see the media reported it. And so it's just this like unending circle of Ouroboros lies, right? That keep going on here. So they, they rely on the media that, that they lie about. And that's like you, obviously, obviously DOJ, you should not be relying on the media. I mean, hello. I mean, anyways, that's obvious to us, right guys? Okay. The letter continues. Um, the first issue related uh, relates to a number of reports, again, reports, suggesting, suggesting that the ballots, election system, and election materials that are are the subject of the Maricopa County audit are no longer under the ultimate control of state and local election officials, are not being adequately safeguarded by contractors at an insecure facility, and are at risk of being lost, stolen, altered, compromised, or destroyed. And yet, they didn't seem to worry about any of this on election night. They didn't seem to take into consideration any of the reports or the signed affidavits from eyewitnesses. Uh, so, again, why not? now, DOJ? Why now? Could it be because all of your lawfare lawyers who descended onto Arizona, all of your organizations, and even your rigged judges have not been effective? Hmm. Uh, the department is charged with the safe. Uh, the department is charged with enforcement of provisions of the Civil Rights Act of 1960, 52 USC. Da 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 da. This statute requires state and local election officials to maintain for 22 months after the conduct of an election for federal office all records and papers relating to any act uh, to any act requisite to voting in such election. Uh, the purpose. 
let's continue this. Oh, it's good. It continues down here. These uh, federal preservation and retention requirements for election records is to secure a more effective protection of the right to vote. Okay, so now I'm going to ask the people in Maricopa County or, or uh, President Van here to send this letter to Georgia where they got rid of all of the envelopes and the ballot and they only have the ballots. Like, I mean, they are showing pure hypocrisy here, guys, and they're depending on the people of America and the people of the world to either A, be asleep, uh, to B, not care, or to C, not be able to connect all the dots from the local stuff going on in Arizona to the local stuff going on in Antrim County to the local stuff going on in Georgia to maybe just be totally like uh, pigeonholed into their own state and not care about what's going on in the country or because perhaps there's not any other media outlets who are connecting the dots and, and bringing all this information together in a nice little tiny package for us to understand and digest, you know, without getting any kind of heartburn, right? Maybe that's what's going on, but they show their hypocrisy in every instance, and now the DOJ is showing their hypocrisy in acknowledging the fact that they're supposed to hold on to these types of materials, and yet all of these materials went missing in, you know, separate states. Hmm, makes you wonder. If the state designates some other custodian for such election records, then the Civil Rights Act provides that the duty to retain and preserve any record or paper so deposited shall devolve upon such custodian. The department interprets the act to require that covered election documents be retained either physically by election officials themselves or under their direct administrative supervision. In addition, if the state places such records in the custody of other officials, then the department views the act as requiring that administrative procedure be in place giving election of officers ultimate management authority over the retention and security of those election records, including the right to physically access such records. We have a concern that Maricopa County election records, which are required by federal law to be retained and preserved, are no longer under the ultimate control of election officials, are not being adequately safeguarded, and basically they're just repeating what they said in the last paragraph. Let's look at the uh, second page to this. Uh, okay, so this is about the second issue that they're having because they just seem to be having a whole subscription of issues with this audit, right? It's like I used to say, I don't have issues, I have a subscription. The second issue relates to the Cyber Ninja statement of work for this audit. Among other things, the statement of work indicates that the contractor has been working with a number of individuals to identify voter registrations that did not make sense and then knock on doors to confirm if valid voters actually lived at the stated address. Now, that's in reference to that work that... Uh, uh, I apologize, I don't have her name at the top of my head, but one of the former candidates for a congressional district there in Arizona rallied up 800, 800 volunteers or so, and they went knocking. And that's how this audit really got underway, because they were able to show to the judge evidence that there was some, um, you know, shenanigans going on. And the, the judge could not deny that because they did try and stop this audit, I think, back in January or so December, whenever we were talking, uh, not talking, whenever we, we heard that video from, um, um, from Kelly Ward the other day, they are talking about this stuff. And that's the reason why it moved forward. I apologize. I don't remember your name. Good Patriot, but you are in our report from a couple of days ago. Okay. So back to the second issue that they're having, uh, the statement of work also indicates that the contractor will select a minimum of three precincts in Maricopa County with a high number of anomaly anomalies in order to conduct an audit of voting history and that voters may be contacted through a combination of phone calls and physical canvassing to collect information of whether the individual voted in the election in November 2020. Statement of work at paragraph 5.1. This description of the proposed work of the audit raises concerns regarding potential intimidation of voters. Now, for those of us who still have logical thinking and stuff like that, how is it intimidating a voter if the votes already happened, right? Like, this is not about winning an election. This is about the integrity of voting systems and the way that we vote in our country. They've already said, and, you know, we've already said also that... Um, that uh, this is not about overturning the election. The election is said and done, right? This is about election integrity. We're going to hang on to that like a mantra through this process because we all know what we want to happen. Um, okay, so it, it continues and concludes. 
Um, <clears throat> And so you're talking about attempting to vote. Okay, so, so it says, for example, Section 11B of the Voting Rights Acts provides that no person, whether acting under color of law or otherwise, shall intimidate, threaten, or coerce. Again, this is not about coercing a voter. It's not like they're going to go change their vote because someone knocked on their door, right? Past experience with similar investigative efforts around the country has raised concerns that they can be directed at minority voters, which potentially can implicate the anti-intimidation prohibition uh, provisions of the Voting Rights Act. Again, it's, it's, it's stupid. Such investigative efforts can have a significant intimidating effect on qualified voters. It means nothing, y'all. We would appreciate your response to the concerns described herein, including advising us on the steps that the Arizona Senate will take to ensure that violations of federal law do not concur, incur, occur, whatever. Okay. So, okay. So that's what they got. Ooh, that's, about, that's coming up next. That's what they got going on there with the DOJ. Um, so they, they, they've sent their letter of intent and they want people to uh, start answering. We'll see how they respond. We'll get an answer for them shortly, but surely, surely, I'm sure. Shortly, but surely, I'm sure. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm doing the seashell seashell thing over here on the air. Um, okay. So there was a question real quick since I'm seeing it on the Twitter, or sorry, on Twitch. Um, did you see police plane flew overhead in data collecting patterns? Yes. We covered that a uh, couple of shows, well, yesterday's show and maybe the show before. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but that kind of ties into the next story, which has to do with that uh, picture I just put up on there. Let's see here if we can get it back. Oh, that's, she's coming up. Okay, so that is an image. I'll expand it there for you guys of, uh, I guess, the servers or whatever, the hardware, hard drive that they were using during the uh, 2020 election, not during the recount, not during the audit they're performing now, but the actual elections. And there in the picture, you see circled for us very handy dandily. This was removable material. Ooh, even bigger. This was removable material. Well, basically all of the vote tallies and stuff were going into these uh, machines here, these devices, and they were, be ta they were being taken off site to a secure location uh, and then returned in the morning. We don't know what was, uh, what was uh, done to these um, tallies overnight. I mean, we just don't know. Uh, according to this uh, article, this was from the Gateway Pundit, external devices with up-to-date vote totals were taken off-site nightly during the election by Maricopa County or by Dominion employees. So it was Dominion employees and Maricopa County officials um, who were removing these devices at night. It says, uh, it says here that <clears throat> uh, per Republican Chairwoman Kelly Ward, Maricopa Copa County Director of Election Day and Emergency Voting, Scott Jarrett, said that the orange devices in the picture above were external devices that were loaded nightly with early vote totals. And this is why I don't like early voting, guys. Like, I get it. Um, uh, people work. Of course, it's designed that way, right? So that we can't go back um, um, and, and we have to go to work. But, you know, what if it was just like, election day weekend i don't know you know like there's got to be maybe there's got to be a federal law where everyone is off of work on election day or maybe we'll come up with a better voting system i don't know i i mean paper ballot seems to be the way to go for me um but anyways getting back to the article it said scott jarrett claims uh claims on his linkedin profile we couldn't access it i don't have a linkedin i think i used to have a linkedin but then like i was clicking on it to see to verify and it was trying to verify if i was a human and every time i tried to verify it would just kick me out and it would ask me if i was a human again but apparently he's uh, he has been an auditor before stepping into his current role at the maricopa county maricopa county he also claims to have a cia designation which stands for central internal auditor Hmm. Anyways, having that CIA designation, Jarrett would surely see that it was not all right to remove these devices um, at the end of the night. And um, also, we don't know what happened to these. It's I mean, you take them to a secure location, but who's securing the secure location, right? Uh, anyways, let's listen to... Oh, wait, we have some audio from Kelly Ward uh, that we'll listen to at the end of the night. Uh, let's listen to this real quick before we get into our next story. This is an update from, um, from Kelly Ward from the Maricopa County uh, audit taking place now. So we'll just uh, give her a couple of minutes of our attention. Arizona, I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward, and today we are talking America's audit. 
We've been reporting for days on all of the political drama and the legal drama, the lawsuits that have surrounded the forensic audit in Maricopa County. But today, I'm going to take some time to answer some of the questions that many of you have sent in, asking about exactly what it is you are seeing on the arena floor from one of the nine public cameras that are available to view on the audit website listed below, azaudit.org. As you watch the cameras, you are going to see that the tables are arranged in four sections. Each section is a different color, and the people that are the actual counters in each section are wearing four corresponding colors that go with their tables. So why are they using different colors? This system was devised by Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, who is a pattern recognition expert holding over 200 patents. His patents are used on 12 billion, with a B, handheld devices around the world, maybe yours. The utilization of his color-coded system for the audit is key. It's key to maintaining the integrity and the security of the ballots by instantly recognizing what each individual is doing and where they should be doing it. The colors are red, green, blue, and yellow. The individuals in orange shirts are the volunteer observers, and the pinkos are from the Secretary of State's office, the Brennan Center, and the Democracy Project. Each ballot is counted using the county election manual approved tally sheet system. This is done at the round tables. You see the round tables out there with the three-sided viewing stations where three counters view the, they view the ballots simultaneously. Each counter marks down their evaluation on a spreadsheet indicating that a specific ballot was checked, how that person had cast their ballot for president, and who they voted for in the United States Senate race. After every 100 ballots, one of the table monitors reviews the counter's marks to see if they all match. If at least two of the three counters agree on the ballot, then it's approved. If the marks are different, then they evaluate the ballot again. It is a simple process, but it has to be run in a professional, secure manner to make sure we get this right. And there's another thing that the media and the Democrats get wrong and like to spin. There are not only nine cameras in the arena, as you see on the website, and as the Democrats like to claim. There are actually dozens dozens of private security cameras focused on the tables, on the counters, on the boxes of ballots, and on the machine evaluation areas. There's no room for tolerance for error. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with another update on America's Audit. Hooray! Thank goodness for patriots like Kelly Ward there over in Arizona. Okay, so let's see here what we got next up on our report for us. And uh, actually, I, w I did hop over into Foxhole real quick, and I like some of the stuff that I'm seeing. Um, Aurelius Locke says the federal government has no standing in state-run elections, and I certainly hope that they use that. They're going to be like, you have no jurisdiction here. Move along, you know, and, uh, and so we'll see what happens in that uh, regards. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Okay, cool, guys. All right, so I'll hop back and chat with you guys as soon as I can. Um, all right, so let's see. What do, I, what do we got next? What do we got next? Okay, so that's going on now. Um, I remember I had mentioned to you guys about uh, the Cyber Cybersecurity and Infra Infrastructure Security Agency. It's like a lot of securities in there. That was CISA. They're the ones who um, had claimed that there was it was all A-OK, -okay, uh, that there was nothing to see here in regards to the cybersecurity of the 2020 election. It was Chris Krebs was the guy who was fired. Uh, I think I have him here as a note because it comes up a little bit later in the report. But right now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about more election fraud. Um, and this one has to do with the state of Iowa. Uh, this one was brought to my attention by Joe One of Two. Hey there, Joe, over from Q and A holes, and he uh, he had uh, been talking about how the state of Iowa, like some of their officials, um, were actually seen to have been colluding with big tech. So that's where big tech kind of steps into this because we're gonna we're gonna see that in today's report uh, that this was exactly the case of what was going on. Now this this came from Judicial Watch, and like I really 
really take my hat off to judicial watch like oh like them and veritas i i really high, hold them in high esteem as as per like uh integrity and you know like they have their journalistic integrity they have their integrity for what's done right like what to do right um judicial watch i've said before they actually were successful in um in a um suing states for cleaning out their voter rolls. So uh, they were successful in Ohio, Kentucky, and in California. Um, California, I was aware of. The other two states, I wasn't. So they sued the states because their, their voter rolls were full of dead people, right? And people who'd moved out and stuff. So they sued them. They were successful. They're, they're actually involved in litigation right now in Colorado, Illinois, and North Carolina to get those voter rolls cleaned out. And if you guys remember, I think it might have been before Foxhole, we did a story on Pennsylvania where they actually settled. And that was, you know, so that no one would get in trouble and they kind of keep it under wraps to get their voter rolls cleaned out. And they're supposed to be in the process of doing that uh, now. I think they had like 45 days to do it, 45 days to report. It's, and it was all number 45s. But anyways, so Judicial Watch um, out of um, the state of Iowa, they uncovered more fraud and scheming through FOIA requests, um, uh, Freedom of Information Act requests in order to figure out what was going on. So the documents that they had um, showed that the officials inside of the Iowa Secretary of State, mm, what is up with these secretaries of state, right, were working directly with Facebook to censor posts about the 2020 election. So the article was all about, uh, it was basically exposing some of the, the correspondence between these people. Judicial, Judicial Watch reported that they received a 624 pages of records from the office of the secretary of state of Iowa, revealing how the state officials pressured social media companies, Twitter and Facebook to censor posts about the 2020 election, including the included in those records were emails from the Iowa state officials to censor posts. Um, and these representatives, uh, Oh, I apologize. These were records from emails between the Iowa state officials and representatives of big tech pressuring these companies to remove Judicial Watch's posts. So they were directly attacking Judicial Watch. Um, Judicial Watch received the records as a result of a June 2020 Iowa open record lawsuit that was filed there. Now, here's an example of some of the stuff that they were saying. Now, you have a communication between Kevin Hall, who is the director of Iowa S Secretary of State and um, an official from Facebook by the name of Rachel Holland. So uh, this dude, Kevin, writes to Rachel, we've been playing whack-a-mole with this false story and uh, speaking in regards to Judicial Watch's story. Is there anything you can do to help? We've told them it's fake. They have pinned it. And so they have pinned it to the top of their page. So whatever story it was that Secretary of State was going after Judicial Watch for, Judicial Watch pinned it to the top of their page. <laughs> so here's a letter that they had sent over to Judicial Watch. It was released on the Secretary of State website. There's the there's the fiend right there. That's uh, that's this uh, Chris, this Kevin Hall guy. Um, it says here, let me expand that for you. Um, a Washington, D.C.-based organization made false claims today in the news release regarding voter registration information in eight Iowa counties. Judicial Watch claims the total registration numbers in these counties are larger than the eligible voter population. Official data uh, compiled by the Iowa Secretary of State's office shows this information is false. It's unfortunate these organizations continue to put out inaccurate data regarding voter registration and it's especially it's especially disconcerting they chose the day of the Iowa caucus to do this secretary pate said my office has told this organization and others who have made similar claims that their data regarding Iowa is deeply flawed and their false claims erode voter confidence in elections. They should stop this misinformation campaign immediately and quit trying di to disenfranchise Iowa voters. Iowa's voter registration statistics are publicly available on the Secretary of State website. They are updated monthly. These numbers show that the ones claimed by Judicial Watch in their news release today are patently false. Along with their false claims about the voter registration numbers, the organization's claim about Iowa population are greatly underestimated according to the actual data in the U.S. Census Bureau. So that was their response um, over there in Iowa. And let's see, oh, I can, uh, I can 
I was uh, decompress that, uh, just make it smaller, however you want to say it. Okay, so that's what was going on there. So then, uh, so then this woman who's working for Facebook, Rachel Holland, responded, Hi, Kevin. Circling back. Oh my goodness, circling back. Okay, she must be a Saki fan. Circling back with an update regarding the content posted by Judicial Watch. Our third-party fact-checkers have rated this content false, and we have applied a filter co- over the content, warning users before they click to see it that the content has been rated false by independent fact checkers please continue to report violations uh, violating content um etc 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 it goes on a couple of hours later hall followed up thank you they have new post they have new posts up doubling down on the false claims uh and holland responded thanks for flagging we've got a full team with eyes on this now and are applying the false filter to similar articles as well i'll send you an additional update shortly so that's just you know they're getting they're getting their way doing this, you know, uh, these underhanded activities, these shenanigans, uh, the story goes on um, that that uh, they were even going after Twitter uh, due to reports that Hannity was putting out, you know, so that's just a little bit. Now, this is all uncovered. I mean, this shows clear collusion. This shows clear in, uh, election interferment, uh, you know, that they're getting involved here. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it just, it's a lot to say. I would say you can go check out the rest of that at the Judicial Watch. It's its a pretty lengthy article. And I can't believe, I thought I was going to be short on time today. Now I'm finding out I'm running out of time. Let's go to California. Because now, again, Judicial Watch has done the same thing in California. They have documents that expose California state officials coordinating with big tech to censor American elections uh, posts. So again, they're going after the public by way of big tech, by way of the state. You see, guys, how we are able to see all of these connecting webs now that President Trump has taken a step back and has let the deep state work in the broad daylight like we're seeing everything. And it's like these are just like punches coming left and right at the deep state. I think basically uh, we just got to get the word out there. So uh, it says in this article, Judicial, Judicial Watch announced today today that it received 540 pages and a supplemental four page of document from the office of the secretary of state of california revealing how state officials pressured social media companies twitter facebook google and youtube to censor posts about the 2020 election included in these documents were mis- misinformation briefings emails that were compiled by communications from skdk uh, that lists biden for president as their top client of 2020 The documents show how the state agency successfully pressured YouTube to censor a Judicial Watch video concerning the vote by mail and a Judicial Watch lawsuit settlement about California voter roll cleanup. Do you remember, guys? They did this in Pennsylvania. They settled this lawsuit, and this is what they did in California. And here they're saying it was a concerning video regarding this lawsuit. So they don't even want the people of California to know that Judicial Watch got California to clean out their voter rolls. Pretty underhanded. Okay, I won't go into all the posts uh, and the the correspondence regarding this story in the interest of time, because I also wanted to uh, bring out another one. Okay, now I don't think I have a graphic for this next story. But this next story comes from, and this is an oldie but goodie, guys. Some of us may have missed this one, um, but uh, Joe one of two brought this to my. Thank you, Joe, for bringing this because it was perfect for today's report. Um, this one came from Loomerd.com. I'll go and put this guy back on the screen. Uh, Loomerd.com. If you remember Laura Loomer, I think a lot of us remember who she was. She was running for Congress, a congressional seat uh, district in uh, Florida, and I think I think I think it was part of this voter fraud that caused Loomer not to get um, 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 elected because as we saw. On the Dominion, um, the Dominion video yesterday about how the software um, uh, was used, and I'm not aware that Dominion was specifically used in Florida because I know that Texas would not have Dominion uh, um, machines in Texas. We didn't use those in Texas, uh, but um, it showed how they could affect the down ballot if they wanted to. But of course, in the case in Antrim County in Michigan, they didn't touch it. I mean, everywhere they didn't touch it. That's what made no sense. Like Biden won in every red state. And yet all of the same people in Congress who are Republicans stayed in their seat. Like that makes no sense. If 
people were really going for a blue wave, right, they would have voted down ballot all the way Democrat, but they didn't do that. Okay, well, I think in the case of Laura Loomer, that might have happened because this woman was on fire at the time, you know, anyway, so uh, this was a report from a 2017 from Loomer.com that, that is another example of how big tech is being used and they're colluding with people in government. In this case, it had to do with Hunter Biden. It says, uh, Adam Connor, vice president of Center for American Progress, founded Facebook's Washington, D.C. office in 2007 and banned Facebook accounts at Hunter Biden's request while working for Facebook. Okay, so this Adam Connor guy who later went on to work for John Podesta and Barack Obama... Big red flags right there. You're waving these red flags, right? Like, hey, hey, watch out for this guy. Okay, so in the story, it said it had been two months since Hunter Biden's emails were leaked to the public, exposing his father's shady ties to influence peddling in the Ukraine during his time as vice president. Okay, so basically to get to the emails that prove this, it says in a trove of Hunter's emails that date back to 2010, while Joe Biden was still vice president of the United States of America, Hunter Biden emailed back and forth with Chris Kelly, who served as chief privacy officer first general counsel and head of global public policy at Facebook. In the emails, Hunter expressed his desire to meet with Chris so that Bo Biden, who is now dead, could get millions of dollars from Silicon Dems for a project he was working on regarding online predators. Mm, online predators. Wonder why he was concerned about online predators, right? In an email dated April 3rd, 2012, Chris Kelly wrote, Hey, Hunter, I'm coming to do a small event with your dad next Tuesday in on Red Eye out late afternoon. We'll have a little time before and would love to catch up if you're around. So Facebook and Twitter claimed that they were limiting the distribution of the New York Post story to combat disinformation, but emails between Hunter Biden and Facebook executives reveal an intimate decade-long relationship between Facebook and the Biden family. Not only do Hunter Biden's emails prove that he took meetings with Facebook's and probably on Hunter Biden's laptop as well, because like I said before, there are copies of that laptop that were recreated that laptop that show photos, calendar dates, emails, everything. Okay, so anyways, getting back into this article... Not only did uh, Hunter Biden's emails prove that he took meetings with Facebook executives and other Silicon Valley executives while his father was vice president, but they proved that Joe Biden allowed his sons to capitalize and enrich themselves off of his official White House-related meetings with Facebook, which is illegal. Um, in one of Hunter Biden's emails from 2010, he emailed Arlene Bush, one of his company's partners at his company, Rosemont Seneca, and um, CCD uh, copied his company, uh, his company president, Eric Sherwin. His company president, Eric Sherwin. Uh, in the email dated October 21st, 2010, Hunter said, I, bought, I brought Chris Kelly to lunch. We can talk in more detail tomorrow about this meeting, but just to be clear, Chris is worth about $350 million. He remains Mark Zuckerberg's closest advisor and was the first person outside of programmers Facebook hired. He is more tied to Silicon Valley money than anyone I know and is looking for places to put his money. He just spent $10 million of his own money on a race for AG in Dem primary without blinking. So yeah, the money. These Hunter Biden emails prove that while Biden was serving um, as Obama's VP, Hunter Biden, over a time span of several years, orchestrated his meetings with Facebook executives around his father's White House meetings with the same Facebook executives for the sake of profiting off of Chris Kelly's wealth and Silicon Valley connections. When Facebook and Twitter censored the New York Post story about Hunter Biden, both Facebook and Twitter denied their censorship was motivated by politics. However, these emails from over 10 years ago proved Prove that executives at Facebook have personal and financial ties to the Biden family, specifically Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, who both benefited from Facebook and Twitter's political censorship.
For Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, he doesn't see anything wrong with suppressing and conducting erroneous fact checks on stories that pertain to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden because colluding with the Biden family for the sake of political goals has been a documented business practice at Facebook for over a decade. In fact, the relationship between Facebook and Hunter Biden is so entrenched that Biden himself has had accounts banned at his own personal request to Facebook executives like Adam Connor and Chris Kelly, who to this day still publicly advise Facebook. Hunter Biden said in his own words that Chris Kelly was Mark Zuckerberg's closest advisor. In an email between Hunter Biden and Adam Connor from October 22, 2010, when Joe Biden was still vice president, Adam Connor said, Hi, Mr. Biden. Chris Kelly forwarded me your message about a Facebook profile that you're trying to get shut down? Question mark. To which Hunter Biden replied, thanks, Adam. I will get it the info to you ASAP. To which Adam replied, saying thank you. And two days later, on October 24th, Adam Connor emailed Hunter Biden again saying, Mr. Biden, we have removed the fake profile. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. So Facebook clearly bans profiles and accounts at the request of Hunter Biden. You got to be in there pretty good, I guess, pretty good in there in order to get those requests done. And this is this is apparently uh, um, an account that was of an ordinary person and they banned it in uh, at the request of Hunter Biden. So uh, that is just a little bit of that. We had there was some more information there uh, in one of Hunter e. Biden, uh, Hunter Biden's emails dated August 7, 2012. Um, Sherwin wrote to Bo Biden. Um, it makes sense to reach out to Chris Kelly, maybe in an email format, Hunter, and ask him to suggest a number of Silicon Valley Dem types that would white, like to invite to Bo's party. So this uh, this um, email was about uh, getting them over to party with Bo, who's now passed. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's just a bunch of big collusion. Um, here's one last story that we'll do for tonight, because uh, we're already out of time here. Big League Politics reports that Twitter censors independent media outlet for reporting on Antifa's boast to kill some cops. So, um, I mean, this is to date, guys. This is to date. Twitter is still censoring. So let them censor, let them be, let them do what they're going to do. It's going to hurt them in the end. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you got your free speech, you know, you have to allow certain people to speak whatever's on their mind, but, you know, the, the power of the dollar. Uh, it was like they were saying, what if they allowed uh, one of the states in America to stay racist? And what if, what if say, for example, XYZ state decided to be racist and so all of the racists in America flock to this state, right? Well, they're going to lose business with other states. They're going to, everyone's going to leave that state. I mean, basically the state's going to go under because I'm sure there are not enough racists out there to fund the functions of an entire state. You know what I mean? Like, and that state's going to lose. I mean, they, they can be, they can be that racist state. We don't have to do business with them. We don't have to like them. We don't have to talk with them. They can maintain the free speech and see where that gets them. You know what I mean? They can see where that gets them. Anyways, sorry to get on a little tangent there, but according to this big leak politics article, let me go and get through it. An independent media outlet was censored repeatedly by Twitter on Tuesday for posting about an, an, an ominous Antifa threat to murder cops. So in other words, Antifa gets on social media on Twitter and threatens to kill a cop or whatever it is that they're doing. And then an independent media source reports on this and they highlight this ominous uh, threat. And then they're the ones who get censored for reporting the threat. Makes no sense, right? Um, and so it says, uh, media rights news was censored for merely reporting about Antifa in their own words. The social media giant is apparently obscuring their true agenda as they allow left-wing thugs to organize violent acts of terror on their platform. Let them organize, right? We want to see what they're doing. Media, matter, uh, media right news was censored. Oh, wait, I repeat that. After being censored by Twitter, media right news appealed the tweet and was denied. Uh, they appealed it again and Twitter came back with the same decision saying our support team has determined that a violation take place. I mean, we've all seen it, guys, right? We've seen, oh, if you appeal your comment or if you remove your comment, they really want you to remove it. Um, they did that to me finally when I made a comment regarding um, the Lincoln Project. And uh, and uh, I think they had a picture that was with um, with uh, Killary and um, Bill the pedo rapist and Obama the treasonous renegade and Michael Obama like they were on and I made a comment and. 
and and anyways, that that's history now. Twitter is attempting to condition the independent publishers uh, uh, to not be able to say these things. Uh, we all know that to be the case. So now now Twitter strikes again. Um, um, they're censoring this other. So it's going to continue. This report was basically about you know how there's collusion between state agencies and how big tech is censoring and how they're colluding together. That's what's going on. And now we see CNN and other reporters on the ground in Arizona. We have New Hampshire cutting off their live feed to their city council. All the same story, guys. All the same story. All I can say is we have to keep hope. We have to keep faith. We we have to put good works behind that faith and that hope, um, which means, you know, there is some action required on our parts. But like I say, as long as good hearted people, people are given the right information, they'll know how to act. All right, guys, that wraps up the C report for today. I actually managed to get it into an hour. Um, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Uh, and then uh, we'll, well, well, we'll see you guys tonight on Q&A holes later for a round table. Um, and then we'll be back on the C report tomorrow. Friday, I might be on a, li- on a little early. I'm thinking I might go on at 3 p.m. if I can get everything together because there's some activities in the afternoon that I would like to be a part of. I hope you guys don't mind but I'm pretty sure I will see you guys in those activities should I move that up. All right, y'all have a great night, a great evening. We'll see you at 9 p.m. Eastern, should you so decide. And, And you guys have a good one until then.